I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 34. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, today I'm with my friends, Brett and Aaron Kunkel, the founders of Maven Ministries, which is, well, they can tell you more about themselves, but they're the parents of five children, ages 26 through nine. They have two grandchildren, and uh, they're highly educated, highly qualified, in addition to being parents. Brett has a master's in philosophy of religion from Talbot Seminary. They're at Biola University, and both Brett and Aaron are graduates of Biola. Uh, they have been ministering nationally in this area of um, technology, which is what we're going to continue our discussion on today. They actually did a seminar called Navigating a World of Screens, and I asked them to stay with us for part two of this discussion because I'm dying to hear some practical um, tips that they've learned in the trenches. So welcome back, Brett and Erin. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. This is a really important conversation. So I think a two-parter is really good. I think so too. So jump right in and give us some tools. Our families are chomping at the bit for your expertise. Yeah, I, I think one thing I want to say, we, I mean, we already mentioned in the last one about constantly communicating that we're different. So creating a, a different culture. Now, I think there are a lot of parents out there who say, hey, I already gave my junior higher, my high schooler a smartphone. They're off and running. I, I feel a little bit helpless. Uh, I think the first thing to, to say is you can always reset Yes. And uh, you can always get into better habits. But sometimes one of the most helpful things to do with technology is to is to take a, and do a kind of total and complete technology Both fast. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And 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 have it be the kind of thing that all of the family can participate in. Right. Now, of course, there's some challenges if dad or mom are having to do work on a computer and that kind of thing. But at least maybe during the evenings or during the weekend, we shut work down and we say, hey, we're involved in this as well. We're going to do a whole entire family reset. Love and I think it. it's, it's good to acknowledge as parents that the lure of technology is there for us as well. Yeah. It's, it's just as easy for us. To, to become addicted to our own screens and to be over-reliant on them. Mm -hmm. So if you're a parent who's out there and you're listening going, I, I'm kind of past some of that, mm -hmm. you're never past it. It's, it's, it's that you can always reset. And that might just take kind of, like you said, going cold turkey and doing it for a weekend, do it for a week and then reset. And, and then in that time, bring your older kids into that conversation mm -hmm. and, and, and talk about, hey, how do, how do you feel you're doing in terms of managing this? How much time are you, you know, uh, are you on it? Do you have any idea of how long you, you're on the screen? Because we always think we're on it less than we actually are. So <laughs> yeah. if we were actually, you know, kept a, a timesheet on it, we, you know, and, and of course what we have are great, great technology. So let's say on an iPhone, you can use the screen time uh, uh, a program that's built into the iOS uh, system there yeah. to monitor your own screen time and it will report to you how much time you're spending on the yeah. screen and on different social media apps and that kind of thing. So those, that might be a starting point for a lot of families to say, okay, let's get a grip on how much technology we're using. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the conversation, what Brett said about have talking to them about how they feel during that time is so important because then that's how they start to recognize this thing is having an effect on me. Mm-hmm. And, and we've noticed that not only with our own kids, but at uh, retreats that we've gone to or camps where um, sometimes the kids aren't allowed to bring their phones. Yeah. And um, I remember having a conversation with a group of students around a lunch table. And I said, now I noticed none of you have phones. Is that because they were taken away? And, and they said, yeah, they made us take a break for a week. And I was like, okay, so let's, let's talk about that. You don't seem thrilled about it. And then we start talking. Right. And then, but then as they talk, they, they talk about being less distracted, being more present with this camp that they're at, actually having um, uninterrupted time talking to God and praying. And so even as they're unpacking, first it started, yeah, I don't like it. But then they're communicating to me the richness of what it, of what it brings. And, and what we have found over and over with students and with our with ourselves to be honest is when we take a break just the lightness that comes with it yeah and i think helping them to see that because they will recognize it is good so if if your family is very addicted maybe you do a 24-hour fast and even in that at the end you say okay now how how is everybody feeling about it and, and like I will say to my kids, it seems like you're happier yeah. when you don't have, have your phone, you know, and, um, and having honest conversations. And if you're really risky saying to your kids, do you notice a difference in mommy? <laughs> I am away from my screen. Woo! Now okay. talk about making yourself vulnerable and being humble, but what I a great it. model, right? I love it. Okay. And this brings me to something I, that Brett and you both were touching on. I think it's important as parents for us to have the freedom to apologize to our children for our mistakes. Like, you know, Absolutely. we've never been parents before and we goofed. Will you forgive us for giving you a phone when you really couldn't have handled it? And we didn't know any better because we're in uncharted territories in our culture right now. Will you forgive us? And I've never seen a child who won't say, yes, we forgive you. And then they're agreeing that what you did was wrong by even forgiving you. You know, they're, you're in agreement. And the other thing about the fasting that I love um, is the, I, I've known families who have done like a media fast for Lent, things like that, where it's really as under the Lord. So it's like, you know, I was raised fasting as a child. And I mean, I wouldn't have eaten a piece of chocolate if you held a gun to my head, you know what I mean? Because I just had this idea that this was a sacred thing. I wasn't even really a Christian, but I, in my own little child heart, I knew that this was under the Lord and and I wasn't gonna break it. So, you know, bringing the spiritual connotation in and say, let's do a fast as under the Lord and mommy and daddy are going to do it too. And it's going to be just as hard for us as for you. We've been in this technology world longer than you have been. So we're going to be breaking out in, you know, cold sweat here, but it's, you know, we're going to do it together. So yeah. And fast, it's a great way to teach about the discipline of fasting. Yeah. Uh, you know, is fasting is, isn't just fasting from food, but it can be fasting from all kinds of things. And the, the, the spiritual discipline is an avenue to help build self-control in our mm-hmm. lives. And so we, we, we take a break from whatever it might be so that it doesn't 
exercise control over us, we develop uh, control over, you know, our own selves and develop that fruit of the spirit. So I think I it's, just, it. it's so important to kind of navigate the why behind things for our kids, yes, especially is. when they're junior high and high school students, mm-hmm. we can't, if we want them to grow in their own moral development and spiritual development, giving the why is so important at those ages and it will help them grow intellectually and spiritually by helping them to see that there are good reasons for these kinds of things. And frankly, if we don't have good reasons for certain rules, well then we as parents need to rethink those things, you know, and either, either, either come up with some good reasons why we have those things or what we've told our kids is that if we have any rule that you don't think is reasonable, you are free to dispute it. Uh, you just have to give us a reason why you don't think it's a good rule. And you have to show why our reasons are not good reasons. And so everything's on the table. They can question anything, but they have to come in a very reasonable way. Yes, and if they, yeah, if, they, if, they, if they show us it's not reasonable, we'll, we'll adjust. And um, I think that, that you know, those... That's the well, step. because they don't feel like they're living in the Gestapo, but that they're part of a family culture where they're heard. They're not necessarily obeyed. Their ideas are not necessarily sanctioned, but at least they have a voice and they're heard. And it's a reasonable approach, just like with nutrition. When you say to a child, we don't eat that, we don't eat that, we don't eat that. Well, why not? It looks perfectly good. All of our friends eat it. But if you say, well, because the vanilla flavoring in this ice cream is actually lice killer for chickens. Oh my word. So now you're on the same team. You see, it makes all the difference. So I I love bringing kids in and and speaking to them as though they're intelligent because they are. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing. Oh, oh, sorry. Another practical example of this, I think, is the issue of privacy. Mm. And, And we hear a lot about this from students, from our own kids, from parents what's what's the boundaries with privacy with the phone well this is another example where if you have good arguments and also if you're living by it yourself as parents so it said you know well because uh, we have all the passwords to our kids phones computer you know whatever and and there's no such thing as privacy um <laughs> because we live accountable to each other. Well, when our when one of our kids brought up this issue of privacy, you know, um we were able to not only give good reasons, but then, you know, Brett's able to say, "Now, if I said to mom, mm-hmm. I want privacy when it comes to if my phone." That's right. What would you think that mom <laughs> think about the and then of course oh well mom would think you're hiding something exactly but i don't have anything to hide so i have no problem with so i think the privacy issue that comes up a lot is is a good example of where as parents we should hold our ground and and the 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 screens are not a place where our kids get privacy they get privacy in the bathroom they get privacy in the shower (laughs) But they do not get privacy when it comes to screens. And we also live that way too. We model as mom and dad. We we don't have privacy. There's nothing that I'm going to watch that I would be ashamed of you to walk in. You know, I'm not going to have conversations that I don't want. So those sorts of things I think is are good. Totally. Give me some more tools, you guys. I think, um, so 
you want to build certain, I think, rules into the family culture that, uh, again, are for protection. And so what I think the way that we've kind of characterized this for our kids is that we have, uh, we have screen-free locations, mm-hmm. we have screen-free hours, and we have screen-free days. Tell and me so, more. Tell yeah, me so more. A screen-free location would be something like the dinner table. Anytime we sit down together for a meal, all technology is away from the table. That means I don't, you know, even dad does not keep his smartphone in his pocket. Yes. Uh, it's removed from the table. It's over, you know, charging somewhere else. Uh, the notifications are turned off. The ringer's turned off. Yes. And, and, and so the, one of our locations is the dinner table. Uh, the bedroom is another location. Uh, uh, in your bed is a location where, you know, technology in general uh, does not go. Yes. Um, and again, we'll, we'll give our kids the, the reasoning for this. I mean, the correlation between kids who take their phones into bed with them and the rates of depression that yeah. those kids experience and things like that. Uh, so that would be the idea of lo- location. Uh, then there's screen-free hours. Yes. So particularly for ho- a homeschooling family like ours, you know, we say, hey, when you get up in the morning, you know, the, the first thing you, you, you don't reach for your phone, you don't turn it on. Uh, there is, there is, you know, there are books to be read. There mm-hmm. are conversations to be had. There's, there are chores to be done. There's chores to be done, exactly. <laughs> yes, and devotions to be had. Yes. Think your yeah, phone, just, your Bible first. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. and just because the phone's there and we're, we're at home doesn't mean we just grab it all the time. And, and, and the same as if, you know, the, when they're going to school, um, you know, if you allow them to take it, it can be it can be turned off and the expectation should be that it's turned off that this, this is time devoted to, to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do the phones live at night in your house? So our phones, we have a a desk out in our living room family area and we have a charging station. So we um, have a thing that has a bunch of slots and everyone's phones, um, Mm -hmm. Even mom and dad's phones have a slot that um, is charged in at night. And, and that does make it easy too, because we do have the screen free hours. So phones are to be plugged in, you know, for, well, for our older kids, we have a 19 year old and 18 year old still at home, but at 10 o'clock, they're supposed to be plugged in no more texting or planning anything for tomorrow. It's time to to quiet our hearts down, to climb into bed, to read. And, and so, yeah, so we have a, just practically just a charging station in the main living area that everyone can see. um, And the phones go there. A few years ago, my son asked me how I knew my method was working. I told him I know homeschooling is working. If a child is reading under the covers with a flashlight, That's because a child who stays up late at night reading loves learning. And isn't that the goal of education? To make lifelong learners. We don't need a lot of what I call holy hardware to give our children the very best education they can get. As Dr. Raymond Moore used to say, a good education requires a Bible, a library card, and a math curriculum. It doesn't have to be complicated or expensive, but you do need a plan. Over the last 35 years, I have created invaluable book lists that separate the wheat from the chaff. 
You don't have to waste time or energy on finding books that are worth your time. I've done the hard work for you. These book lists are the key to my system. They will save you thousands of dollars and lots of false starts and wasted energy. They really are the foundation of my approach. For the first time ever, you can get all of my book lists in one place. I've created an online course all about homeschool to teach you everything you need to know to make homeschooling work. The class is self-paced and topic-based, which makes it easy to access the videos and book lists over and over again. Visit my online store or click the link in the show notes to start all about homeschool today. Now back to the show. Perfect. Yeah. Keep going. more. Here's another practical thing that we've done is we've created a smartphone contract for our kids. Um, And so whatever you decide that your kid is ready to hand them over a smartphone, uh, you want to make sure that expectations are communicated beforehand. Uh, And so what we've done is we've created a little two-page smartphone contract that we have our kids read and um, they, they look over it and we say, hey, any feedback that you wanna give us, anything you wanna add or take away on this thing, let us know, let's have that conversation beforehand. And then once we agree to these rules, these guidelines, um, then uh, we have our kids sign it and it's something they keep in their room and we ask them to review it you know, once every month or so. Uh, just to remind themselves, but then we're willing to say, okay, you know, now, now you're ready for this phone um, because we've agreed now on these expectations. And then that then becomes something that we can appeal to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's then, violated. Yeah. So from if they violate it, yes. You've got yeah. a great leg to stand on. Yeah. And, uh, but it lays out the expectations because here's what a lot of, sadly, a lot of parents will do is they'll hand over the technology first and then they're trying to manage it as they go. And these expectations weren't on the kid at first. They didn't agree to it. And so then it just becomes a huge battle between the parent and the child. And because the child is being constantly socialized by the culture around them and by their friends around them and even other homeschool kids, yes. you know, other families have different, uh, you know, yeah. standards or kids at youth group will have different standards. Right. And so you just got to keep fighting for the, the culture of your own family. And so something like a, a, a smart or a smartphone contract can help you do that. Mm-hmm. That's um, really helpful. What else? Anything else? Uh, I think starting as late as possible. Uh-huh. Is, Talk to is, that. Is, is important. So, you know, we, we want our kids early ages to develop good habits. We, you know, one of the things that we want our kids to develop early on is a love of reading and then a habit of reading yes. and technology will just, it can so often be the enemy of that. Yes. And so we don't, we, you know, when our kids wanted, um, you know, their, the social media platform like Instagram, we just held off on that as long as we possibly could. And it, then um, when we did give it to them, we started slowly. So, and we learned this the hard way. Our oldest daughter, when she got her first cell phone, it was like, oh, can I get a, a Facebook account? And can I get this account? And we're like, okay, you know, and we gave it all at once and then realized, oh my gosh, you can't manage it all at one, at one time. <laughs> and so with our, our next uh, 
two kids, Mike and Paige, who are close in age, they wanted an Instagram account. And so we said, okay, we'll give you an Instagram account. Here are the, the, the guidelines for it. You have 15 minutes and you can do it three times a week or something like oh, that. Oh, I love it. And then if you show that you can manage that, that you're responsible with that, right? This is not a, this is a, not a right, but this is a privilege. That's right. And uh, if you can manage it well, you show that you're responsible and that we can trust you. Well, then, you know, we might, then we'll, we can talk about the next thing, whatever it might be, whether it's the phone or the, the uh, social media platform or whatever. And so, but you, you take those things slowly to help them. So they're not overwhelmed with all these things trying to, man, I mean, a, a young child doesn't have the, 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 the moral fortitude or the spiritual maturity to manage themselves. That's why they need a, external mom and dad to help them with that. And so, but you're, what, the goal is to help them develop internal uh, self-control. And so yeah. we do that, but we do that slowly. And, uh, and so start with one social media platform. Let them then demonstrate and build maturity and, and you know, the virtues and all of that that go along with, with that. Um, and so that's why I say, you know, take, take text slowly. Uh, like one thing I think every family needs to, to do um, right now, if you're not doing it, is that you need to have some kind of system of filtering and monitoring on your, your devices. So filtering would be using a something like um, Circle by Disney, which you attach to your, uh, you know, your internet router, and it provides a filtering service. And there's all kinds of things like that, but it filters out stuff before it can actually even get into the home. Okay. Of course, there's a lot of tech savvy kids out there. And so they somehow, you know, they sometimes learn how to work around those kinds of yeah. things because there's nothing that's foolproof. Yeah. And so you also set up a, a monitoring system uh, where we use a thing called Covenant Eyes. And yeah. Covenant Eyes has monitoring, monitoring technology that can be put on, you know, the different devices. And uh, uh, that's something that needs to happen so that you're, you're really protecting your kids from... Yeah. So my son is a pastor and he recommends to some of the young men in our church. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like if they look at something, th their best friend also gets notified that he's, I don't know what that's called. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably, probably the covenant, covenant eyes. eyes. That, so that's, that, okay. Yeah, that's okay. the monitoring system. So okay, what great. it'll do is... Um, it'll send you screenshots like yeah. things that, you know, of, of what the person, or it'll show the background information of, you know, things that, that are being accessed. Okay. And then it, you can send an email to one of your accountability partners. Perfect. Yeah, so it's, so the key is of course you have to keep it on your phone because sometimes people will disconnect it when they're going into the dark world. And so, but even if they disconnect it, you know, they're disconnecting it. Right. And so that is a flag. Yeah. yeah, this is really helpful. Yeah, and and all those uh, the filtering, the monitoring, we we do all of that, and and then on top of that, there really is just no substitute to the just the regular conversations yes. about screens and about what you're noticing about your kids, or and and not just sometimes we just go to the negative, but even the positive, and saying to our kids, "Hey, I've I've noticed like you." 
you were given 15 minutes of Instagram three and you're, you're totally doing it. And I'm, I'm really proud. Like you're, you're showing self-control. It seems like you're man, you know, so, but just that it's just a part of our conversations with them all the time that we don't go months and months and then have to have this big sit down because we've let things go or whatever. So just as parents, it, once we allow this stuff in, um, that, that it just becomes a normal conversation um, with our children. And, and hopefully it'll be something that, that then as they grow up and leave our home, as some of our kids have done, that this is just normal for them, that they're constantly just thinking about all of all that they're consuming and doing and these habits. And then that one day when they, you know, when they do get married, that that they'll have these conversations with their spouse yeah. on how they're doing screen. So, um, but I think just, yeah, the, the monitoring, all that stuff is so important. And then just keeping the regular conversations about it. Cause Erin, what I hear you saying is that really it's relationships. So because you and Brett are very relational with your children, you're not raising your kids in an authoritarian regime. You're raising them in a family of love and respect, but it's because you're in each other's lives. It's not just this, we don't do this. Christians don't do that. No, we're not allowed to, you know, chew or smoke or blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. But it's that you're building relationships. And what I like to say to my families um, that I work with is, is it a wing or is it a weight? So after you've done this thing, do you feel closer to Jesus or do you feel farther away from Jesus? Because nothing is neutral. It's a wing or it's a weight. And so it's hard enough to walk with the Lord in this world as it is. Why would I put more weights on my ankle spiritually? I'm trying to hold on to Jesus with all my heart. I don't need more weights. And so helping our kids to say, wow, would you have brought Jesus to that movie? Do you think he would have enjoyed it? You know, that kind of thing. Just helping just what you said, because you're not always going to be that angel on their shoulder going, wow, should you be watching that? Should you be listening to that? You know, all that, like in the cartoons, but that the Holy Spirit and them, that they're working together like thinking Christianly, even when you're not there, you're teaching your kids to think Christianly and to walk in discernment. Yeah. And I think this is, I think about the the Christian life. It's not just one steady trajectory towards godliness with the, you know, and eventually you, you reach that point. It is ups and downs and it's messy and it's, you know, and so I think even with technology, we need to have a healthy expectation that there's constant resets and, and this goes back to what we, we, we talked about in the first half of our conversation where technology is not neutral. It's always pushing you in a direction. And so it's just after a couple of months, you'll see the drift. You'll see the nudge where, you know, you're on technology more. And so there's a constantly resetting that we have to do and constantly, you know, these com- and so the best kind of context for these conversations is that ongoing, you know, relationship. That's it. Well, I have loved this so much. We have run out of time, but I could talk to you for five days about this. <laughs> so for our listeners who are chomping at the bit for more information, I'd love them to go visit um, maventruth.com, M-A-V as in Victor, E-N, maventruth.com, and then click to get to the Maven 
parent. No, I'm getting the wrong thing. That's the podcast, the navigating a world of screens. I would love all of our listeners to, you know, pursue that. And then also your podcast, the Maven Parent Podcast as well. So this has been the most wonderful, wonderful thing. I mean, it's too bad we don't have anything in common though. <laughs> uh, it's, it, you, you know, when you have, when you, when you have like-minded folks, you, you just talk for hours and hours. <laughs> I know it's such a joy. Wow. Well, thank you so much, both of you. And thank you to my listeners for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.